Welcome to AMO Kenzoku, episode 31. We are a group of four bubblegum prices boomer otaku who wanted an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. Kenzoku are myself, Sam, uh, Nick, hello, Mike, hey y'all, and Dylan. Hello. Uh, this episode is being recorded April 18th, 2023. This episode, we're going to be talking about uh, Akiba Maid War, a show from last uh, winter. Uh, no, uh, fall. fall. Yeah, thank you. Um, and just before we get into that, just a couple of things. Um, I A couple of us have seen uh, Suzume, the new Makoto Shinkai movie. It's in theaters right now. Um, if you want to go see it, um, just to, you should see it now. It's probably not going to run for very long. Um, and if you don't see it now, um, go see it when it comes out on, on Blu-ray or streaming or whatever, because it is actually very, it's a, it's a very good movie. Um, and we'll probably talk about it at some point once we've all seen it. And yeah, it's good to support, uh, anime in movies. I did notice that this, this is not, uh, I didn't realize this until I saw it, but this is not like a phantom thing. Like usually, you know, they have like the streaming movies to theaters. This is like a full on movie movie. So that was pretty cool to see. Uh, and one other thing, uh, this season there's a show, uh, Oshinoko, which is based on a manga, I believe. Correct. And the first episode of that show, it's running on, it's streaming on High Dive. High Dive. Yeah. And uh, the first episode is like movie length. It's, it's literally 90 minutes. Uh, I, I nearly stopped watching it. If they had made this thing only like episode length and split it into three episodes, I probably would have stopped watching after the first episode. Um, so I'm kind of glad they did the movie thing. I, I recommend people watch it. Um, stick, find the time or split it up, but like definitely complete it before you make your call on the show. It's, uh, it got me hooked. So I'm, I'm invested. Yeah. The opening kind of just, start of everything does take a while to get there and i can see why i can see i haven't watched the uh first app yet but i have read the manga and i enjoy it quite a lot so i can definitely see why it would potentially turn people off and i completely agree with sam's assessment there's a reason why they just opted to turn the first step into a 90 minute film yeah yeah, like in particular, there's a twist in the beginning, and I just rolled my eyes into the back of my head. Um, and I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I was like, I'll stick through it because this still seems like maybe something interesting will happen. And yeah, it, it was very interesting. So, yeah, if if you have that experience like I did, just sit tight for ninety minutes. <laughs> To foreshadow, I, I would say if you found Akiba Made War interesting, I would say that Oshinoko has similar ideas that, that make it interesting. It's a, what you see is not necessarily what you get with that show. <laughs> this is what I can say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's <laughs> definitely by the end. It's yes. like, this is not the thing that I thought I was sitting down to watch, but <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so um, check that out. Anyways, on to our main topic, uh, Akiba Made War. Uh, so this show aired from October 2022 to December of 2022. Uh, it was produced by PA Works, 
uh, at this point, a, a very well, mm, a studio with a very good reputation. They've done lots of great stuff uh, in the past. Um, the director, uh, Soichi Masui, uh, I just went through some of his stuff, some notable things that he directed. He was He's obviously been doing like storyboards and episode direction and stuff, but like his, his director roles... Um, Chaika, the Coffin Princess, which I believe is a Bones show from a number of years ago. Um, a couple of Crayon Shinchan movies. Heaven's Design Team, which is, I think, from last year, maybe like a year ago, maybe two years, I don't know, pandemic time. Um, and, uh, Rascal Does Not Dream of, uh, Bunny Girl Senpai and all of the upcoming movies, uh, which I'm excited for. Uh, Scrapped Princess, uh, surprisingly, was the last one that was kind of really notable. So this guy's been around a while. Damn, uh, yeah, wow. And uh, series composition, um, Yoshihiro Hiki. Uh, and this is like his first thing, his only credit I could find uh, in ANN. It's the only thing they list for him, uh, or he or she, I guess. Um, it, so good job for your first showing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, set the bar real high. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to, uh, not to diminish the work of the the actual, like, this person's credited with composition. There were, like, a group of four writers here. Um, obviously, Hiki is one of them and did probably about the the same amount of, mo- the most amount of scripts. Like they did four episodes. It looks like four, yeah. Yeah. Specifically, um, yeah. The, specifically uh, last two episodes, so. Yeah, yeah, last two and then one and four. So, um, yeah, they definitely some talent here and i'm excited for whatever they do after this thing i guess just to just in case anybody is is unsure we're we're definitely gonna uh spoil this show but before we get like way into the spoilers just kind of summarize and you guys can maybe um actually what nick do you want to give a brief summary of what the show is about okay i'll do my best so it takes place (laughs) in akihabara in 1999 so nostalgic time period for people of our age actually and <laughs> it focuses on a teenager i think she's 17 or 18 who 17 17 yeah that's why you're 17 uh, named nagomi who wants to be a maid in a maid cafe so it's like okay that's like interesting kind of you know standard milk toast anime plot it's like yeah cute girl wants to be a cute maid at a maid cafe in 1999 what uh however that's actually not the very beginning of the show. The show actually opens with a maid who looks more a little bit older, more prestigious, coming out of a a uh, limo and promptly being shot four times by another maid. <laughs> um, so basically, um, like a mafia hit style kind of situation, and that's the opening of the show. Like the coldest of opens. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that definitely is a stark contrast to then the next scene, which is, you know, the aforementioned Nagomi kind of, you know, in a in Akihabara, which you could imagine what Akiba would be in, you know, late 90s, early aughts. Not super different, honestly, from what it is now as far as what it represents. But I think that was right around when May Cafe kind of culture was really starting to boom. It's kind of like established now, but... It was kind of the beginning of the Maid Cafe boom, I would say. So mm-hmm. that's how it opens. But that's not really what the show... Well, it is what the show is about. 
really. At the crux of it is it's, it focuses on Nagomi becoming a maid through hell or high water, which is quite literally what happened because where where she learns that like what it means to become a maid is not what she thought it was. <laughs> yeah, because it turns out being a maid in Akiba is akin to being a being a yakuza in any organization and like a gritty organization. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh yeah. <laughs> not what I expected it to be. I'm not I'm not even doing a great job in my opinion of really adequately describing it. You really anybody I if anybody's listening and you haven't watched it, don't listen to this episode. Just do yourself a huge favor and just at least watch the first two episodes. If you can't get on board if with the first two, then the show is not for you. But, man. Yeah, I would even say if, if you can't get on board of the first episode, like, the show's... First episode is you. kind of almost a little bit too over the top. Like, it almost feels Tarantino-esque. At the end. <laughs> That's a good description. <laughs> um, particularly the final dance sequence at the end, and the and the and the <laughs> comical levels of blood erupting from bullet wounds, which is not how that works, mind no. you. But very Tarantino esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the skull fountain. <laughs> <laughs> the very raspberry jam esque blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. just and tons of it. And then, of course, you know the 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 para para bullet dancing that that Ronko does. I, I know I'm jumping around, but just you know, the first episode is definitely more over the top than honestly True. all the rest of the episodes. Which it does tone down, yeah, yeah, but not in a bad yeah. way. It, no, no, it kind of just sets the tone, like, hey guys, this is not your your you know mom and dad's maid show, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, the easiest way to describe it short in a in a, in a phrase is. Imagine the grittiest, most hard-boiled Yakuza drama wrapped in a Akiba-made wrapping. And that's really what Akiba-made war is. Yeah. So go watch it. If you haven't already, go watch it right now. And then uh, then pause the show, <laughs> watch watch all the episodes, <laughs> and then come back and listen to the rest. Because now we're just going to spoil the heck out of it, uh, if you care about that. If you don't, well, <laughs> it's on you. Uh cool uh so yeah this show's like uh i would almost say maybe i don't know if you guys agree dylan do you think that like this show is it's almost like a you know like uh <laughs> you have those movies uh and it's like they exist in a world where like the actor in the movie does not exist you know i feel like this is almost like a movie or a tv show where like yakuza do not exist and like maids are the Yakuza in this world. I don't know. What do you think, Dylan? I, I was saying kind of like that, or kind of, it's like, it's almost kind of like John Wick-ish, where it's like, oh, this is just like, it's like your, it's like the world we live in now, except there's also like this crazy society of assassin stuff. And in this case, they also just happen to be the inmates. Of course, like, yeah, everybody knows that, that, yeah, you go to Acuba, yeah, there's some turf wars over there with the mates where they shoot each other up once in a while, but you know, <laughs> You know, that's the way that's the way it works. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I kind of get I get what you're saying there. It's um, yeah, it, it definitely it feels like they are the Yakuza because they are a entirely a Yakuza organization. They just happen. And it's one of those things where maybe, you know, maybe the, the writers and people in there are coming up with this in, in the most brilliant of uh names for groups of as the original production name is uh 
It's the uh, Cato Mono Land Business Strategy Office is the is the <laughs> name of the original work, which is just already like so entirely perfect because that's the name of like every like Yakuza like official sounding thing is it's always like, oh, this is our land strategy office. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I could totally. I could totally see the writers having, you know, participated in some maid culture and they're like, man, whenever you go, whenever I get out of there and I, I stopped going, I, I felt like I was like, I felt like I was going to a mob place because they're just extorting me for all of my money. And they're like, took it to this illogical extreme of like, yeah, well, what if they really were like a mob scene? And yeah, they were doing that. And then there actually was all the mob killings and everything. Yeah. Like what a, what a good job. Uh, envisioning that world and and really owning it and uh owning it for the whole 12 episodes right like i don't feel that the show ever really uh sags or like gives up on its premise uh, they, no, they really hold tight very to it. much does not yeah it set itself up and never backed off from the original the setting of, of from the original it, again it it definitely is like pedal to the metal for ep one and then it very quickly you know pumps the brakes for the next few eps which in my opinion is quite brilliant because the last three eps of the show are just so impactful <laughs> like yeah oh like i i mean and not even within the scope of this show i'm talking like in anything I mean, yeah. those last three eps are absolutely brilliant. They're and brutal. Brutal. They're, just, they're and, just brutal. And I would say the last two, especially to me, like I, I know I said with uh, in our uh, uh, Odd Taxi app, I said the Odd Taxi to me feels like a Coen Brothers movie split up into a TV show. I think the especially the last three eps of. Akima Maid War to me feels like the embodiment of all of the best works, all of the best stuff that Scorsese's ever done, and oh. and distilled it into those three episodes. Especially the end, the actual final ending, like it was perfectly Oof. delivered. Just I loved how abrupt it was, and then you sit through the credits, which were now being sung by <laughs> by uh, uh, Nagomi instead, which is hysterical. Yeah. And then, so you get this, yeah, and yeah. and then you get to, you go back to current day, and you're like, oh, where are they going with this? And of course, you get you, the very very end. You see the you see you see you get the payoff for sticking it through to the end, and you're like, oh god damn, it was oh it was so so brilliant. Seeing, I mean, yeah, seeing the end. I don't know if we want to dance around it or not, but I mean, <laughs> plug your ears. But <laughs> seeing her in the. uh wheelchair was like i i nearly shed a tear like that was that was that was tearing up there oh that for was sure. a, a, that was uh really got me the and the... i did not expect that from this show oh. no. well i mean ep3 was the beginning of it right that whole episode was setting its oh i'm sorry the third to last ep uh mm -hmm. the one with oh, the yeah. uh that's the one with the 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 hard-boiled love interest right if i yes. remember the order yeah yep. and uh, yeah. slash hitman and you know you, you you they do that that trick where you know he's in a phone booth and you don't hear the conversation you just hear him say i'm going to do it my way hangs up and you see him proceed to 
you know, walk away. And you don't, you know, it, it plays the scene. It does that movie trick or plays the scene out how it's, you know, viewed initially by the audience. And then it plays mm-hmm. it back again with the real audio and the real events. And you just get even sadder because it's like yeah. he wasn't going to do it. But Okachimachi, the, the panda, <laughs> who, by the way, Okachimachi voiced by Hirano Aya. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the big the big thing. I, it has, like, very few lines, right? But, yeah, I mean. Except for the end. Very end. I'm like, oh, my. And, you know, that episode, I'm like, wow. I didn't expect this show to, to, to pull or something like that. And then those, you know, 11 and 12 just kept going. It's It was, yeah, just... Um, yeah, yeah. I left me speechless. On on ep eleven, um, the episode titled out, and I spotted it like immediately because I'm familiar. It was uh, Moe Naki Tazakai or Battles Without Moe, mm-hmm. and that is a direct uh, pull from an incredible series of uh, mid seventies Japanese yakuza movies called the Yakuza Papers or. Uh, Jinki Naki uh, Tatakai, like Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Oh. Watched them. They're really great. They're they are considered like Japanese Godfather, and they kind of like came out. They started coming out, I think it was like 73 was the first one, but they're really great. There's this like series that follows, I, I forget the main character's name. I haven't rewatched them in a, but a while, but um, they follow. Yakuza gang coming up in Hiroshima, uh, follow, uh, starting like pretty much right after the end of World War II. Um, and they're really they're really great movies. Um, I didn't see them streaming for free anywhere, but I think you can pay just a couple bucks to get the first one. I would say definitely at least like the first two or three are like really freaking awesome movies. They're just incredible seventies Japanese cinema. Um, and so that title is like a direct you know as soon as i saw it i'm like oh yes i i was looking i was like almost like looking for that title just watching the show as it proceeded <laughs> to be more and more yakuza as the whole show went on and once i saw that i was like oh yes of course that's exactly what this is i'm, uh, I'm really glad that you pointed that out and, and mentioned that because i was actually going to ask you guys like now i really got a hankering for yakuza movies oh, so i wanted absolutely. some recommendations so <laughs> i mean I'll, i will definitely be watching that after this more yeah, than anything um, the uh and the ending song is a huge homage to like all the yakuza movies of like oh the yeah days, the way, that way that 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 wrong that uh the way it's sung and then of course the lyrics are absolutely ridiculous but that's the whole yeah. point <laughs> yeah um and, and along with my uh last episode's apology for um for the rest of of fall 22 shows in light of winter um i will continue to say that now i'm just like super addicted to the opening and it's so cool and so good and i apologize and it was wrong i was wrong <laughs> hey you see at least you 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 found the light so. yes i got there i, so, I saw the movie so actually maybe maybe i'll walk it back a bit because you saying that those you know those movies are kind of like japan's godfather I I retract the Scorsese statement. I think this is more Francis Ford Coppola esque, actually, the way that the end plays out. Just, yeah, that's yeah, where you get you get the it's it's super sad, and you get like a little bit of closure or happiness rather than just ultimate sadness or question. Exactly. Like like they could have ended it like just on the shots mm-hmm. firing at at Nagomi, um, but 
they give you they give you the end of a little bit and you see the same three you say the same three um old uh older older otaku guys going to go visit the yeah her the, nagomi, the, the nagomi fans yeah yes yeah. new or were they they were they were originally Neru, nerula fans right yeah and right they, and, and then they, they became not yeah, yeah they became nagomi fans yeah well two of them were and then the other was like the kohai like the the, the younger guy that they were like taking hey we're going to take you to our our favorite place well you, and, you know so. when um when they said that the one guy was found dead this is going yeah of course he was the one who wore the red shirt right right which is a Star Trek <laughs> reference to the red shirts that always die first in Star Trek. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, with t- t- titles and, sorry, just like titles and things in this and like, um, is one of the things, but like localization, like they did a very good, like obviously the translators, they knew to translate that episode title as Battles Without Moe because that is the translation of the proper, you know, localized translation of Battles Without Honor and and humanity right, um, they caught the reference yes they caught the reference and did a good job of putting it in a way that that made sense in in english and being true to true to everything and um i think they did i think the tra- the localization was really freaking hard and they did a um a great job i have not watched the english dub um i don't know how it strays from that but at least with the subs and their overlaying of text and things that was uh, really well done um and not easy yeah and related to that yeah i i you know i turned the i specifically turned the subs on for this one because i wanted to see how they localize stuff like there's just certain things can't be transliterated like the whole idea of like the store the store is called tontokoton which there's really no way to describe that in english because it's it's a play on 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 like tonkatsu right but it's but you no, know, the, them turning into Oinky Doink Cafe is like a very, very adequate uh, facsimile to, to in English. So I thought they did a great job. In addition to that, going, I, I didn't watch the dub either, obviously. But man, the voice, the 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 voice actors, actors and actresses in this show, just I, the, they went full Sandai, and I loved, I loved every performance. Every single role was executed so well. I mean. Yeah, it was. You know, I I I have a soft spot for Ronko because I you know the hard I love hard boiled characters and she was literally the hardest boiled character in the whole show. <laughs> like, man, like what a badass! But she was played extremely straight, yeah. which I really appreciated. I loved like, how straight she was the whole time, the whole time. Was and... she harder boiled than Nagi, or or harder boiled than um, the? Uh, what's it the the assassin the, the love love no love love moonbeam oh yeah we're the assassin like see, there's so many hard-boiled characters you're like man i this, mean but not is... but see Naki, Naki was prone to violent outbursts right hard like That's ronko true. held mm-hmm. held her rage at a simmer the entire time like, i see okay. executed so well like she kept herself you know like her you know, she's cool as a cucumber the whole time. Nothing threw her off. She, you know, was dedicated to the craft of being a maid, and you know, and and you, at the very end, you you get why she, you know, was so attached to Nagomi because there you, two two you couldn't name two more different characters as far as you know their how they are and their upbringing, but it's because Nagomi reminded Ronko of her that the the maid that was you know her her like mentor who ended up being a, a pretty 
going from went from being a very violent you know like ruthless like mafia don made to like a more you know peaceful one which is where the the rift between her and nagi formed right yeah mm-hmm. i feel like there was maybe a little bit of seeing her her more uh herself in her early days too and probably some protectiveness around that right yeah. like yeah i can definitely see that going back to even literally just like on the localization like the the title show this uh, this is honestly one part where they probably i think they kind of felt forced that they couldn't take it too wild because the title of the show is 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 it's such so weird it's it's akiba written in katakana so just phonetically and then it's meido senso but the meido in there is meant to be read phonetically but it's using the kanji that mean like like the underworld or like the other world, or like realm of the dead. So it's like even literally just in the title, you're already like getting this in the middle of the title. Like, like wait a minute, okay, well this is like Akiba made war, but it's also the Akiba like underworld war, which is you know quickly gives gives rise to the you, you see that that reference is then quickly taken into the Yakuza stuff. So literally, even with the title there, that's already. Um, it's already deep in localization challenges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually notice that until much later in the series when I saw it on the wall inside of the Kimono Land oh. group headquarters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, is that? I, I don't even notice if, if I really noticed that. What is that? They had those kanji for like the Meizo up on the wall in there? Yeah. Yeah. On, uh, on either side of her, is, it was. That's what that was there. Oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> see i didn't pick up on that there's so much there's so much this I, this is one of the things i think um is uh that makes this show like i i watched it once and then i watched it again over like a week or something to you know in preparation but like there's just so much cool denseness and commitment to the world that it makes it really work like including them like doing the stupid baseball game for for peace, which excuse was, me, amazing baseball episode. Oh, oh, no, 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 I'm not saying like it was a great episode, but I literally like what was it like a month or two ago in the New York Times, I read an article about ex Yakuza people that were playing in like in a softball league. <laughs> so you're just like, what in the heck? Like it's such a great episode, and it ends in a stabbing. <laughs> 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 like, wow <laughs> yet again like i did not expect that at all like that was that was really shocking it's like this is not a show where also where like somebody just gets up afterwards no that they're, they're they're gone and like the more the morbidity of like oh they're fine and they like pull them up <laughs> and the corpses yeah, up yeah. and like have them stand up at the the final bow and everything i was like yeah. jesus christ yeah, just moving the obvious body around, but hey, if we acknowledged that, then we'd have to end the game, and we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. then they'd all die. Yeah, what did you th- what do you think, Mike? Uh, kind of cramming this show in there? Did you sounds like you enjoyed it. Um, no, I objectively appreciate it, but honestly don't know why but i have apparently have like a deep-seated psychological aversion to maid cafe maids with pig accents like <laughs> i literally had to force myself to watch every minute of this show even though i recognize it was good like just it made me want to nope out the room in a way that 
Hasn't happened since I tried to watch anime based on key games like Clannad and had that same sort of just visceral nope at the character designs. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, so you don't like the, the Dabu? Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't appreciate the comparison to... Because I, I have so the similar aversion to 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 to, to Quinnad and and its ilk, but I can respect that there are some certain things that trigger you. So I appreciate getting through the whole show because they definitely uh, go heavy on on it the entire time. <laughs> so, so, question for you, Mike: Was it specifically the 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 pig voice stuff, where the dog and bear and kangaroo and invader? Lion. And lion, and uh, yeah, I have the, the gif of all the different um... cow. Yes, cow. <laughs> yeah, Apparently I don't know frog. why, but the pig stuff seems to bother me just that much more. The others that much less. Huh. That's interesting. Now we know the the extodal... axolotl um, axolotl yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. That is very interesting. Yeah. Well, just the pigs. All right. Did you did you that actually? they were the main ones. Yeah. Did you actually finish the show, or did you did you know? Yeah, part I way through? finished the show. Huh, okay. If we weren't doing it for an app, I probably would have noped out after like ep two or three. But we are mm. doing it, so damn it, I'm committed. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow, what a sport. <laughs> That's dedication, folks. I mean, then again, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, you know, there's there's. Not not every, not everything is for everyone, and there are certain things that will trigger. And I I would have to agree. The show definitely is not going to be for everybody. But I can definitely say, do not let the key art dictate whether you're going to watch it or not, because it's, yeah, that is such not. I would say this show had less overt fan service than even just mundane like everyday shows like there was oh yeah there was literally none i could think of right like there was not a single time where i would say that the maids were sexualized in a weird way like outside of the fact that they are maids in a cafe and their whole point is to get customers and have you know like regulars come in and you know have you have their favorites and stuff but it was it's still that concept in a more pure way, right? Like all the fans were just that they were fans. They weren't like, they were kind of awkward, but they weren't like creeps. Yeah. I'm Uh, trying to think back and see if I remember any panty shots or boob jiggle. And I'm not, if there were any, they weren't memorable. I'm trying to remember. I I don't, (laughs) there wasn't any like hot springs or beach episode in this thing. Was there? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I respect the show so much is given the premise, they could have easily resorted to that but they absolutely held firm and did not which i appreciate so much yeah i think that would have really detracted from the show yes yes it would have because that is not what the show is about clearly it's such a they did such a great job of taking an absolutely absurd premise like impossible to take seriously and really really meld together like line delivery and like comical moments that were absolutely ridiculous while having very serious topics like case in point during during Ronco's funeral the only photo they had was her in the baseball uniform (laughs) so so everything was the baseball uniform and even though literally everybody was bawling their eyes out like it was a heart-wrenching scene but the 
dichotomy of her in you know in the batter's <laughs> box with with a baseball bat i'm like what what am i watching right now and yeah just uh, you know things moments like that or like the baseball episode itself where at the very end you know there's like no no they're not dead they're just uh they're just resting see and they hoist up the corpses and literally <laughs> eyes rolling in the back of their head speaking of which last episode i remember saying i was hard-pressed to remember like uh a character's a death scene being kind of as hauntingly realistic in the uh harlock assassination episode uh yeah i but some of the deaths in in uh akiba made war were frighteningly realistic um specifically and others were the head geyser yeah well, was, yeah. well that's again the dichotomy right? like for like specifically ronco's oh my gosh that scene was just that scene destroyed me <laughs> yeah like yeah, at the end of F11. Like, you you like by that time you kind of know what the show is doing but there's been enough shenanigans in the show not like crazy stuff but you know it's silly at times that you're kind of like will she show back up and then no and so like it kind of hits you twice and you realize oh okay that this is really for good yeah they were playing it well, straight they did and... such a good job of giving all of the 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 maids and and oinky doink the plot armor right like they went through all sorts of wild shootouts and nobody got much more than like a grazing bullet wound in the arm which like i was willing to believe that because okay it's not that they're not gonna let that happen right the the, the main characters are safe and then the last you know three episodes you're like no 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 they're they're just as as susceptible to this violence as everybody else and that was made abundantly clear in the last two episodes. You get then you get dark Zinji, then you get the Kurabuta, the the black. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, black, the arc, the black part, the black pork of yeah, um, the, the Kurabuta arc. Oh, <laughs> which was literally ha- which dark. was like half an episode. Which part? What you t- is that? What do you mean? The first half of ep twelve with yeah, Naomi going on her vendetta, like going John, oh, yeah. going John Wick on everybody, basically. <laughs> right. Again, she, she calls she calls herself a, a kuro buta, like a black, yeah. like a black yeah, pig. Black pig. Um, and yeah, in, yeah. in Yakuza terminology, there's a term called a kuro maku, which is literally means like the black curtain, like you know, like a fixer who works mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Um, so again, picking directly out of Yakuza terminology, and I'm sure there's a ton more terms that I just like didn't pick up on or didn't think and look back and remember and look back later, but like. Yeah, there's like so many things like like that. Just that that attention to detail. The the I mean, crafted by somebody with a real love for yakuza. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very clear. I wonder if it's something as well where like they really wanted to make a really cool, just like straight like yakuza, like seventies yakuza style anime, and they're like, yeah, you're not. We're not making that. And he's like. All right, well, how do I do that? And then probably thought about it for quite a while and worked on it. Eventually came up, what if I put it in the guise of mates? I would totally believe that as, as a as a reason for getting it done that way. And then just sticking with it. And they're like, no, this is a Yakuza thing. They just happen to be wearing maid uniforms. I will say that uh, uh, I love this show, but I also feel like if it was played as a just a Yakuza movie and, you know, removing the maid setting and it was just uh, dudes in Yakuza, uh, and didn't have the kind of like black comedy aspect to it. I don't think it would really work. 
I agree. I think it w- I, I I can see it working potentially with other skins, but the thing that real to me really made it impactful was that throughout most of the show it really even though it's a very violent show it it lulled you into a false sense of security that again the the main characters all have plot armor that they're all going to be okay because they have to be and you know rarely do especially in this day and age in anime you know i don't usually get tricked into that because these days it's like i mean it's not even the end thing anymore it's just there's no such thing almost no such thing as a character that's you know it's all and safe, right? Like that's how like I feel like every show, mm-hmm. kind of you know, has to be, and and that's fine. But in this show, somehow they lulled me into that, and so that's what made you know uh, episode eleven and twelve all that much more. Just, just it was you know just like a uppercut to the jaw for me when it happened. I'm like, whoa! I didn't expect that to happen. And then you know the final scene in the uh, well, not the final final scene, but the the scene, the final scene before the credits. I mean. The show. I guess we can go back. Go. I'll take a step back because I won't say how how well it was animated, but the show in general was just really solidly animated the whole time. Which I mean, PA works right, so I'm not like surprised yeah. because they do good work. But just you know, the, I, I I will say that it was. It, I can tell the show was very lovingly crafted from all all stakeholders. Is is the best way that I could put that. Yeah, everyone went back to their their reference original Sony Digicam photos they had of Akiva from '99, and they stitched together as exact of a replica as they could. I'm certain. Yeah. Yeah, just just stuff like um like the the voice actress for Zoya, the the Russian one. She is a she is, it's 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 Jetnya who is a basically she's a a Rus- Russian born. But she's a very voice personality in in Japan, like working. Oh, like a, yeah, she's like a radio personality that. there. Yeah, yeah, and she does stuff. So like, like her, you know, they definitely had a person who could one hundred percent do the correct version of Japanese Russian voice over like voice work there, um, which is cool. I I did wonder about that because I she had a very convincing accent so yep that is exactly why because it's that's you know as as a voice maybe probably honestly probably is slightly more russian than hers is possibly actually is but um i don't know what she sounds like otherwise but yep it's... I, I also love the deep speaking of zoya i love the detail that they they had her character and her name xed out until the episode she's introduced oh, yeah, of course in the yeah. opening i love that <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because it makes you ask the question, like, who's this? Is this a character that's never going to be around and is just inferred? You know, it's like it makes you wonder. And then, and then it gets whatever the boxing app is. I think that's probably... It's pretty, it's pretty early. It's up three. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty three, early. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, mean, like, speaking, again, of just it works so good. And this one was probably one of the easiest things, but the Akiba Fight Club, where it literally is the Akiba, what's it, the Fua Fua... I, I, Kulavu, and then it just blacks out to to the Katakana or the Hiragana of, of Fight Club. So yeah, 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 the localizers must have been like, oh, thank God, we can literally just do this one straight, and it works. We don't have to come up with something new. But that's such a super cool, fun, like, uh, like Mad Magazine type thing of being like, oh, it's this. Then you drop out half the letters, and you just see Akiba Fight Club, and I was just like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Uh. Do you guys want to talk about some uh, favorite characters um, and bits of the show? I I don't think this is my 
favorite character, but I really did. Uh, we already kind of mentioned uh, Okachimachi, the panda. <laughs> oh, I really that loved was... that character. But Mike? That was definitely like they sat on that one for so much of the show. That... Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was it was Chekhov's panda, right? Yeah. Like, you know, this panda is going to do something at some point. Right, and they even make it clear that it's a human in a panda suit at one point, a few eps before the end, right? Yeah, oh, like, yeah, they yeah. don't, they hint at it throughout a, a couple of times, but yeah, and, you know, obviously near the end, they make it obvious, but I, I appreciated that kind of like, we're not going to pay attention to this this thing in the corner here. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then it turns out to be a plot important later. Right? I love that there is not a single throwaway character. Everybody is relevant. Mm-hmm. to some degree and and i love it because with okachimachi like everyone was like what's 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 his deal i thought yeah at first i gender right no no idea what if it was a he or she i just assumed he because i just i just assumed all pandas are male apparently but <laughs> yeah. like what's his deal he's just the is he like the you know the the cleaner like the one that cleans up after all the mess is like trying to figure it out then you find out just how relevant she actually is like she was the original like hit hit person on the made that you know was was uh nagi and and ronko's boss and like holy crap like i wasn't expecting that that callback at all so yeah yeah that really caught me off guard but oh man but now that i'm thinking about it you're that's that's a tough question as far as like favorite character because they're all there's so many good ones but i i it has to go back to the manager though man for me like she's she's such a pos and i love that about her she's on she is just so unabashedly like shameless in a and like how quickly she's willing to abandon the shop at a moment's notice all the time yeah yeah he's definitely got that like middle-aged old man energy right yeah (laughs) yeah the big oyaji energy yeah yeah Yeah. like uh for some reason reminds me of like hayate the combat butler's parents for and that's pretty up there yeah she's she's pretty pretty awful <laughs> just complete with like going going fishing while uh everybody off else is off uh i forget what they were doing at that time but i think wasn't that when they yeah. were having the race competition, the, the competition. Yeah, it was the that, like oh yeah the company gave the her the big massive document of instructions she like glanced at it and then went off fishing <laughs> yeah i started talking to the fish yeah Hilarious too. They they have the uh, the cere- off of the characters for a segment. They have the ceremony and like over the PA system, it's just continuously going like moi 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 kyun kyun moi moi kyun kyun. Just in the background. You know, I'm gonna go with. I think Nagomi is like, you know, she's she's kind of the straight person in the show, and the one who gets dragged in. You know, if you want to go with the Godfather, she's, you know, she's kind of the. In some ways, she's kind of like Michael Corleone, where, like, you know, she tries to be straight and live the straight life, but gets sucked in the thuggery. But then she, you know, she she maintains her moe moe kune. Even after being shot in the gut, she keeps dancing uh, in the end mm-hmm. by Nagi. Um, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Nagomi. She's she's a really cool, uh, really cool character. But the. You know, of course, the secret best character is definitely the boss because she's awful. <laughs> Just how awful she really is the entire she's so time. So terrible and hilarious, and yeah. Another nice side character that I really enjoyed was the uh, 
the the ramen chef. Oh, oh yeah, the, next the, door. Yeah, the fixer, the uh, the, uh, arm, yeah. the arms dealer. <laughs> He's so good. And then, oh, that was brutal too. When he just gets like taken out by an audience, you're just like, oh man, this is this is not going to be. A good, we're going to have a very bad end to this show now. It was like once he yeah. got once he got shot, I'm like, oh, this is not going to end. Yeah, she's cleaning house, and that's not good. Yeah, that was. I yeah. was like, oh. I I do yeah. I do respect the complete and utter brutality that they were willing to have Nagi go do. Like I respected that a lot about the character. Like they were, you know, at first I kind of was a little bit almost upset at the end of uh oh not the end end but like the resolution of Ep Eleven where you're like oh damn this is gonna be where somebody's gonna somebody's gonna get stabbed because like there's no way everybody walks out alive in that incident mm-hmm. and literally everybody walks out alive except for that one poor maid who gets shot in the gut by the manager what's the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah <laughs> forgot about that yeah <laughs> but and and you know basically nagi ends up you know respecting ronko's wishes and because you know it, but very quickly like once ronko's out of the picture nagi literally does a, a 180 and says all right time to cr- time to time to crush the pigs and she quite literally was you know w- ready to do that but but nagomi's you know spirit affected just enough other people to institute change right like the mm-hmm. it's kind of a little bit of it is uh foreshadowed where in that episode there's that scene where you see okachimachi's like sharpening the bamboo <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hmm, that's going to be a thing. And they let that simmer until it just completely explodes in the literal final seconds, right? Where it's so, it's just intense violence over a short period of time where the, uh, the, the axolotl that, you know, originally off Ronko is now, now, you know, shoots, uh, shoots Nagi. And there's just that awkward pause of her looking in disbelief and then just being impaled by the, <laughs> By the bamboo, just a complete savagery, and then you know, cuts to black, and you get the credits. And that was oh, that scene just that I will, I will never forget that scene probably as long as I live. Yeah, but that, that's the good thing I think about the the good thing. I not really, but the impact, the thing that made the the ramen chef's uh, death impactful. One, just because like you don't really expect it, right? Because he's kind of a side character. He doesn't. He's not really involved. He's only kind of tangentially involved. But then it's like, if she's willing to kill him, then it kind of sets you up to like, okay, now I I feel like anything can happen here, right? So despite the fact that everybody's had plot armor, like uh, a bunch of them might die, right? Like at that point, it's, I totally was bought into it, the the, uh, the danger of that they were all in. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I was convinced that the final scene was just going to be everybody and Tontokoton getting gunned down in just a, a hail of gunfire but that's i think that's the cool thing is that at the very by at the very end i didn't know what to expect which was mm-hmm. honestly like the biggest credit i can give to them was not at, at no point could i have actually accurately predicted the show <laughs> ever yes which is a huge props to the writing team huge props yeah i was um, listening to people on another podcast talk about um, some movie they watched recently and they were like, it's okay, but like everything was completely predictable. So it was kind of like, eh, yeah. And like this thing, I really had 
no idea what they were going to do in the show. <laughs> it's always very unexpected. Um, so let's see. Uh, do you guys have any other favorite moments in this show? I mean, I kind of like knew it was going places when they threw you into a kaiji scenario on app two. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, and you know, that was actually interesting. In the first, I think, I don't know, two or maybe three episodes, it almost was feeling like the show was just going to be like kind of a a thing where they basically nearly die every episode kind of a thing. Like a survivor yeah. show where it's like, like Kaiji where you, you survive by the skin of your teeth each episode and it just keeps like accelerating, right? Uh, more like, I felt like it was going to be a little bit more, even more formulaic where like, it's just like, okay, this episode, everybody's in danger. The next episode, everybody's in danger. The, the, the third episode, everybody's in danger. And then they just somehow skin, get through it. But like, they kind of quickly, uh, I don't want to say abandon that, but the, like they do not follow that pattern through the show, which I, I mean, they're always in danger, of course, but like it's not, it's not the same pattern, right? They're constantly changing um, what the issue is. So I re- appreciated that. I liked how like aggressively awful the sheep cafe were. <laughs> I was also thinking of that too. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you help us promote our birthday event? You don't deserve that, so we're going to kidnap you, tie you up, and drown you in tomato juice. Yeah. That one had a great cold opening there. We just opened with Navo getting drowned in what appears to be blood. Blood, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, what is happening now? Um, aside from the end, I, I, I would probably go with like the baseball game as, like, as the best episode. It's so good. It's just, it's one of the best baseball episodes that's been made in a show. It's, it has everything, like... It's up there, man. I'm hard, like, like, it's up there with, like, Masaru-san, honestly. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous and great, and, and in theme with the, with the show and everything. Um, It's, uh, including, including the, including the boss, the, the manager recruiting the Venezuelans. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. the Venezuelan. She's like a Venezuelan who did not know how to play like, baseball. You failed yeah. the three Venezuelans who don't know how to play baseball. Come on, uh, um, that was fantastic. Slightly side on a slightly side thing. I, I had asked a question earlier on the um, I forget his name, but he's kind of the the go between. The they call him on on Wikipedia. They call him the debt collector. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to figure, like he has the 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 white things crossed in his like backpack. I'm like, is this like a yakuza thing or some or some other thing? Um, and Nick had said that he thought it was just like a um, you know basically like oh it was talking dressed, dressed as a stereotypical yeah. Otaku, and basically. going on the um, going on the Japanese going on the Japanese Wikipedia page. It's not on the English one, so we'll have to translate it and put it over there. But on the Japanese one, they do say it is exactly that. Like, like that in his backpack, he has two posters, and it's just like otaku style for 99, uh, as they call him, Ohineri-chan. Um, so, that guy was an interesting uh, choice, too. Like, I was kind of fascinated by that, where it's like, it's not another maid that they're getting to do this. It's it's actually a 
you know, ostensibly an otaku guy who's going and doing the kind of dirty work of going and collecting the the money. Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like the reversing. It's like no, 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 don't pay me, pay that, pay that guy over there. But yeah, he's going back and forth, and you know, it's their thing maybe of like, oh well, you know, it'd be too suspicious to the police to have like maids walking back and forth to each other's cafes with piles of money. But another random otaku-looking dude walking in and out of place with bags of cash is more acceptable. Mm. Yeah, the the workings of the the maid kimono land group um was an interesting like the way they kind of kept that plot line rolling of the kind of the general melis amongst the other maid cafes as they saw their kind of the world changing and they saw that what happened to the the aliens and the aliens get absorbed and they're kind of unhappy and it kind of helps along with the tontokoton of kind of pushing this all to this tipping point that they did a, a good job of of weaving that together throughout the show i think one of the other things that like caught me is it's like it's like oh well the pigs are at the bottom and it's like well of course they should be down there but you look at like all of the other animals and you're like there's no reason why the pigs had to be at the bottom like why are the cows at the top and the pigs are at the bottom like i'm i mean it's one of those things it's like i know why like within like the show but it's like as an animal thing it's not like pigs are inherently worse than like cows i'm just well, like so so here's my theory i think it's only the pigs because they just happen to be the store the maid the 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 maid cafe that was in that store right that used to be the store that the old owner that adopted nagi um ran and oh. that's yeah. and that's why she had such vitriol for it because she despised how that you know that mentor was uh was pivoting away from the iron fist style of of running the empire which is why she that's why that's why she sent the hit because she's like no this 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 i'm doing gonna do it the right way and so she organized the hit and took over and that's why she kept tontokoton at the bottom because it represented the thing that she despised that's that's my theory that's pretty good um we are getting close to the end here uh so if people have last things they wanted to discuss here in the show um mike do you have anything in particular that kind of stands out that you wanted to bring up the way they resolved both of the massive like gang wars was interesting like when the alien group gets bought out and suddenly it's like wait we're not you know, and that yeah. fight just kind of ends, and then similarly the siege of Tonkato, you know, where, yeah, aside from the manager shooting someone, at the, <laughs> like, it's also, it, it's just over now, which, yeah, I mean, I guess things would be, like, ending hostilities is always going to be super awkward. <laughs> yeah. But it was just memorable. Yeah, that, that whole siege was actually really entertaining to watch too i was like you know kind of on the edge of my seat with all that stuff uh nick how about you any standout last thoughts yeah so i was talking about this in private with dylan earlier but uh P PA works is it's no secret PA works is very quickly becoming one of my favorite studios i mean they did two of my absolute favorite shows last year and 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 uh your boy coming and akiba made wars Mm-hmm. And regarding Occupy Made War, I'm hard pressed 
to recall another, you know, standalone half season show that I enjoyed this much. Um, I was thinking, I had to think all the way back to like Haruhi season one. And even <laughs> that, I, I actually think I like Akiba Made War considerably more. Mm. And that's I know I'm not using that lightly because as you, you're all aware, I was a huge Haruhi fanboy. You know, back when mm-hmm. whatever '07. I mean, I imported all the R2s for crying Ooh, out loud. As, as we were, so, I, I bought the uh, I think I bought the the first disc when it came out. I was in Japan and went to a spot, went to an animage that had it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm literally looking at my R2 collection of Haruhi right now. But honestly, uh, I think on, I I like Akiba Made War. At this point in my life, I like it considerably more just because the whole package. Um, I think with Haruhi, a lot of the luster gets lost upon watching it multiple times. Mm. Um, this show, I watched it twice in pretty quick succession, and I was just it, I was treating it like a like a high budget movie where I'm just trying to look for things in the background, you know, that are more Easter uh-huh. eggs, and that that is telling, and also just how iconic certain moments in it are. I uh, well, they will live rent free in my head for a long time. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I adore the show. I recommend. I will. Re- I'll recommend anybody at least give it a chance um, because I think it's. I think it's very unique and very special. So yeah, it's it's up yeah. it's up there in my in my all time list. Yeah, I can't wait for the Blu-rays. I will definitely be buying that. Oh yes, comes out. Um, I don't have anything um specific to point out to end this thing but uh i guess to end this dylan can you uh one more time what is those series of yakuza uh, movies yeah um, you, you can look them up I, I don't know what the current u.s title is usually but if you look up the yakuza papers or um battles without honor and humanity um and they should be like there's like five of them from and they basically mid mid 70s um but if yeah if you look up I think believe if you look up Yakuza papers, they'll yep. You look up Yakuza papers, they will they will show up. Yeah, starting in starting in nineteen seventy three, and um, they're pretty they're pretty great. Definitely, definitely the first one is is an excellent excellent movie to watch. So yeah, if you're in if you want to keep the gangster Yakuza life rolling, keep keep with that. Sweet. All right. Well, with that, we are at the end of another successful episode. We don't have. Uh, anything lined up to talk about next time so we'll just have to sit tight and it will be a surprise for you and us next time but with that this is amo kenzoku signing off saraba okay <laughs>